Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein, A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E L A D U S Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. (laughs) We give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. With your host, Pete Law and Greg Chunk Chunk. Slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. What are you doing? They're good enough for good us. They're good enough for them. They're good enough. Good enough Woo. for Cindy Lauper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we just lost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the pro wrestling fans who remember that video. <laughs> Captain Lou Albino shows up. You know the Goonies are good enough. <laughs> Do yes. we have to do our own self-referential echo, echo, echo? <laughs> <laughs> like the Goonies, Goonies, Goonies. Oh, God. Well, here we are in Goonies land. As Woo! We continue to dr- drill into the depths of uh, of the minds that are the 80s movies that are being rebooted, sequelized, or whatever, or talked about. And Goonies has come across our plate. Yes. All right, now have they? There's been so many years of back and forth, back and forth. We're doing a sequel. We're not doing a sequel. Hey, guess what? Corey Feldman says we're doing a sequel. Well, the rest of us say we're not doing a sequel. Well, that's wrong because we're doing a sequel. Are they doing a sequel? Well, if Corey Feldman says it, then it must <laughs> be true. <laughs> At this point, there was some interview with Richard Donner saying he was going. He was going to be a part of it, and they have a script, and everybody's going to do it. But that could be chalked up to Richard Donner's really old and could have the early on stage sets of uh, dementia. Cause, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't prove that, Rusty. All right, fine. <laughs> and and uh, Audrey. So, who knows? It's been talked about forever. There was a video game, I think. A Goonies 2 video game that came out like 
I think it was on Nintendo or something. I mean, it was late 80s, so it was right around the time. And, and that's the last time I've ever come across. And I remember years ago on the Internet, there was some screenplay floating around. And uh, it was geez, well over a decade ago that they did the video commentary track for the DVD where everybody came back and there was some mention of doing a sequel then. But, again, that was well over a decade ago. So... Mm. Who knows, as Sean Astin put on his Twitter account that he was in after that news came out from Richard Donner, So, and this was a month or two ago. Who knows? God only knows if it'll ever happen. We were just talking about it off air and realizing, well, there's a lot of people in the movie who are dead. So, I mean, <laughs> yet again, you had some kids in there, but, I mean, hell, Josh Brolin's approaching 50, and he was the supposed you know high school or age and that the older one there so it's 30 some odd years ago goonies came out in 1985 directed by richard donner with such luminaries as lord of the rings kid michael jackson's <laughs> friend short round two girls who i don't know if they've ever <laughs> been anything other than goonies well no the one girl uh martha plimpton was in is in some fox show now Oh, okay. Um, and I'm trying to think of other character names. No Country for Old Men, dude. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Jonah Hex. Let's put that there. In. You go. <laughs> Let's put it more correct. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's what his first go-to would be for his career as well. And then, of course, Chunk. And who, <laughs> who wouldn't bride you of an entertainment lawyer named Chunk? But Goonies came out in '85. Was part of my youth i mean it is one of those uh if if a single human life is made up of fabric then the goonies is definitely woven deep into my sub fabric at some point with the you know, I, saw it. yeah when you were talking i was trying to think back when you were going oh it came out in 85 and everything i know i didn't see this in the theater I don't know when I first saw this movie, but it's one of those things that is just so ingrained in my mind and part of my childhood and everything like that, that it doesn't even matter. It feels like something that's always perpetually been there somehow. It's just part I of that. I can't say that about many movies. No, it part of the, there was that magical period, early to mid-80s, where Spielberg had his name on everything. Mm. <laughs> I mean... We have done how many podcast episodes so far, and I would garner that over half of them have some Spielberg involvement. I mean, in some way. Well, I can think of three right off the bat, so yeah. Yeah, so he is just, he was just in, he did everything. and yeah, Spielberg was in the zone. But the Spielberg thing was movies about kids, for kids, but not pandering to kids. And it seems to be something that has been lost to time where he was very unique. You know, E.T., the leads were kids, and it was about kids, but there was some pretty rough stuff in there, and adults could like it too. And Back to the Future was produced by him. And so it, it, it was that, that thing where you're, you know, the, the we make fun of the Star Wars prequels. This is These are for kids because it's dumbed down with kids in it. No, it was... It was part of that run of, I, I mean, there were some copycats like the movie Explorers with River Phoenix and mm. Ethan Hawke. Yes. Where 
it was way too cheesy or Monster Squad that doesn't hold up. It was just too cheesy, but there was some sort of magical touch that Spielberg had where your kids were lead, the leads of the film, but it was not pandering to kids. And I think as us being in that age group at the time, it just struck such a perfect nerve mm-hmm. and that it didn't even have to be a great movie. And there's some people now who say, well, it's not a very good movie, but it was just that perfect nerve of, oh, I see. I recognize them as contemporary kids having an adventure that looks fun, but for some reason, my little kid brain is not registering that they're not kidifying this. There's no Disney to this. There's no, oh, it's all lighthearted and fun. No, these kids are in real danger, <laughs> and there's <laughs> adults shooting at them, <laughs> and... Uh, and talking about cutting it. stuff off of chunk and yeah. dead guys and freezers and yeah exactly so it was just that magical touch that spielberg had and it, it carried over for uh, maybe it, it doesn't work for anybody older than us and it doesn't work for anybody much younger than us but it was just that sweet spot movie that you know you can go back on and say it just was the right place at the right time well, it's because Goonies never said die. Never. <laughs> but Martin Sheen played him once. <laughs> so when we when we talk about Goonies, let's do what we always do. So you saw it on video. You don't, you don't remember? Yeah, it, it must have been video. Yeah, I've never seen it on the big screen. Yeah, I think I've talked about this at nauseum. Is that not, the summer of '85 was the big year? Uh, I talked about it on the Back to the Future episode. It was just that year that my brother got a license, so it was it was party time with Back to the Future, Real Genius, Weird Science, Rocky Four, Rambo Two, and Goonies. Like at least twice in the theater was Goonies. We were all about it. So it was just, and we would play it in the backyard. If we weren't playing Red Dawn, we were playing Goonies, and. <laughs> My mom, I remember, um, got like a just a normal piece of paper, and I don't know how she did it, but she did something with like a her, her cigarette lighter, and had a normal piece of paper and drew. I mean, my mom was an artist, so she would draw like this little map on it, and then she'd hold the paper just over the flame of the the lighter and move it back and forth. And she kind of aged the paper so it looked like the treasure map from Goonies. And I remember having that as we'd go play Goonies or whatever and go on some magical adventure somewhere. And it was kind of silly and stupid, but it was was good times. It always was something that just kind of caught our imagination, too. We we really liked... Uh, the idea of these kids, you know, going off and having these adventure, this adventure, you know, pirates were cool. You didn't really when, you know, pre Pirates of the Caribbean, really, you didn't see a whole lot of that in pop culture or in movies, especially movies for kids. Uh, it was kind of atmospheric. It was somewhat a mystery, which I know that me and all of my siblings were really big into little mystery stories and that type of stuff. And, yeah, just a fun cast of people to kind of follow through this adventure. Some real danger, like you said, so it wasn't over-kidified for us. And let's face it, that uh, water slide sequence there at the end, who would not want to go down that thing? (laughs) Exactly. I think some of the actors talked about that on the commentary, too, saying, oh, we couldn't wait for this day to just keep doing these scenes over and over again through the water slide. But 
uh, yeah, it was just fantastic. And it kind of left itself open at the end to a sequel with the pirate ship. uh, Spoiler, the pirate ship got away. What? And all the goonies on the beach with Sloth looking out and seeing the pirate ship floating away. And you almost think, huh, One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship's out there somewhere. And so would a would a sequel jump off from that point or and bring back one-eyed willie's ship or do we have more of a sequel in mind of just further adventures of our group that doesn't involve one-eyed willie i guess i have a couple of questions to bounce around before we kind of jump into that one of them being okay as you mentioned some people today have criticisms about the movie what do we think potentially either doesn't hold up or would best be kind of not updated or just kind of left behind with whatever we chose to do. Is there anything? I don't think so. I think it just works as a a perfect standalone thing. I mean, and going back to that not pandering to kids, I mean, for crying out loud, it's about parents getting foreclosed on. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, well, that would be relevant to the today's society, so, kids. Uh, that would be a big fear of of doing a sequel is is going lighter. I, I would fear that they would try to lighten it up somehow. I mean, we talked about that on the you Red want Dawn. To keep the Spielberg archetype kind of kids in place. Not necessarily exactly, but just that tone. People okay. are so afraid of that tone nowadays. And we think, oh, we're so much more advanced now in the 21st century, the second decade, that, you know, we, we have movies like Saw, and, and we see all these <laughs> things like crazy. And and yet, that that overall thought of is so prevalent of, well, we like, look at the Star Wars prequels. We can't make it too bad because these are kids, and we have to protect our kids, and... I think you could deal with some adult themes and put it into a kid movie and and get away with it. I think it would be fun. Mm. But I think for the original movie, no, it just, it all works. It was just the atmosphere of the rainy Oregon coast and just these kids living very, I mean, as far as representation of living as a kid in the 80s, I I can't think off the top of my head of a better representation of just typical living as a kid in the 80s life. I mean, there was nothing magical in the beginning of this movie for these kids in their daily life except for Data and his crazy inventions or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed so just average. I mean, their house wasn't a palace. It was dirty and grimy and looked like an 80s house and they didn't have fancy shit they just lived normally and that that really kind of sticks out Mm, true Uh, another kind of thought i guess that i had in approaching this was given the relative age of some of these actors i mean we kind of brought that up already do we feel that it would be better to do this as more of maybe an animated thing and that way you could give yourself more flexibility as far as time and setting and all that kind of stuff or do we want to see these people fully updated to today that's interesting so you're talking about doing full motion capture of these actors and just doing another adventure 
Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that'd be interesting. Done that way. <laughs> if, if the technology would not look too bad, I mean, you could bring back all these characters as, you know, themselves a year or two later. But with the, I don't know, that would be weird, though. <laughs> Cor- oh, hey, Corey Feldman, we're going to put you in a motion cap suit to make it look like you did 30 years ago. Well, it would be unique. <laughs> that is one way to go about it. <laughs> now, I think what I think what they will do mm-hmm. is most likely this will be it'll be about their kids, Marty. It's it's got to be got to be about their kids. So I think what will happen is they will get most of the actors back if this goes forward. They'll get most of the actors back, and they will. Uh, See, I don't think they'll get all the actors. I don't think Josh Brolin will do it. For some reason, it just doesn't seem like he would do it unless they dropped a money truck on his front lawn. And I, I, I could see him doing like a phone call or a video <laughs> call or something. It was being like, yeah, we're good. Well, I don't know, Mikey. At this point, I'm a grandfather, so I don't know how I'm going to be involved. <laughs> I mean, I know. Oh yeah, I remember that one crush I had. What was her name? And I don't even remember what Andy. Yeah, I remember her. What a goonie! Oh yeah, we, I, I think we went out for about a date or two after the pirate ship, and she was just too annoying, and we split. So it was kind of pointless. <laughs> and uh, you know, sloth was put into an institution before he passed away from some sort of horrible disease. But. Oh, man. Uh, I I would just think that there would just be the story of their kids with the parents getting involved somewhat, like kind of like what we talked about on Ghostbusters. It's going to be a passing of the torch movie because you either go that way or you go full on. Everybody who was from the original cast is back and they're the adventure again. But then you could have a kingdom of the crystal skull problem. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where Which is this, why I was kind of wondering if it might make more sense to try to work in another medium with the same actors, and then that way you kind of free yourself. True. I mean, I just you could steal the line from one of my favorite movies of all time. You can never go home again, Oakland. <laughs> but I guess you can shop there because they're going to pull all these people in to try and relive the past, and that, that'll never work. No. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much just either has to be about their kids getting onto some wacky adventure, chasing down One-Eyed Willie, or, like you said, they can try and twist it into an animated world and keep it alive as a franchise, which, again, it's an interesting idea. They did that with Ghostbusters when they made the video game. I mean, that's, unfortunately, with Harold Ramis passing away, that'll be the last time those guys ever got together to be a true, like, Ghostbusters reunion was that awful video game that came out like six years ago <laughs> when they actually got everybody to come back and do voices. Mm. So you could go that route. Video games are kind of the way to go. Well, here's here's another one that I'll throw out then since you kind of brought it up in that last part. Do we need or want to track down One-Eyed Willie again? His whole function in the first story was to enable the kids to be able to save the goondocks and save their parents' houses and their houses and everything like that, and they were able to do that because of the treasure that they pulled off of the pirate ship. Or maybe now Mikey has inherited all those jewels he used uh, his dad 
invested in the stock market, and now Mikey is the guy like the dickhead dad who is going to build the golf course. Now he is the one who's going to come back and tear down the goondocks. So they all have to go up against Mikey because Mikey's an asshole. He wants Actually, to I was thinking of Mikey following in his father's footsteps and being the curator of some museum and coming across something and trying to get other people interested in going off on an adventure. Mikey belongs in a museum, Dad. That's right. <laughs> Love Mikey in a bow tie. <laughs> Corduroy sleeves, buddy. Corduroy patches. Oh, 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 my. And ho- hopefully he's looking for some sort of ring to throw in a volcano. Brands moved on to being a hell's angel. <laughs> he's updated his bike. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy ended up marrying Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's big, fat, overweight ex-quarterback who uh, who owns a company that makes buckets. So that they can now officially oh say that they have Troy's bucket. <laughs> What'd you do? I own I own a bucket company. <laughs> it's all callbacks. And mouth mouth runs. Mouth a, is a uh, UN translator. He runs, he's a UN translator who operate who has a coin collection on the side, just because uh, you know he's looking for quarters. I think we should just take Chunk at face value. Isn't he in real life like a producer or something? No, he's an he's a an entertainment attorney. Oh, okay. So, I know it's something to do with the entertainment industry. So there you go. He's an entertainment attorney, and uh, he he makes anyone he sees in his office they have to do a truffle shuffle for him. <laughs> That's the only way he'll go is if everyone else does the truffle shuffle. <laughs> oh, oh, you want me to represent you as uh, as an act? Oh, you're just a singer? Well, you have to move a little bit on stage. Do the truffle <laughs> shuffle, shuffle and I'll represent you. <laughs> Come on, do it! <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got like a picture of uh, him and Sloth hugging. Like a, <laughs> like a, like a, a Sears photo mat. Like official, like land, fake landscape behind him, family picture with him and Sloth and his parents. There you go. <laughs> All the vacation pics. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do this for Sloth. For Sloth. <laughs> for Sloth. Oh man, we gotta do it for Sloth. Well, I mean, what what would work best? There's in you? data. Oh yeah. Well. I mean, it'd be cliche to say he started a uh, uh, like some sort of tech company and works out in in uh, what what the uh, state Silicon, of California? Yeah, Silicon Valley. So he's he runs some sort of tech company, but that that would be. I think it'd be cliche. funny if you like set him up doing something like totally different. <laughs> <laughs> he just he runs a a vacuum repair shop. Uh, it's it's like one of his inventions finally did something awful, and he's just like, I'm done. I've had it. He just owns a gas station. He's <laughs> yeah. got his own, like, international cooking show or some shit. He owns a gas station, but the door opens in a, like, a Machiavellian little crazy series of steps to actually open the door for customers. <laughs> 
And he slick shoes his way out of there when the adventure calls. <laughs> oh, time to leave. <laughs> That's how he makes his entrances and exits. Slick shoes. <laughs> I thought you stopped inventing stuff. It's a classic. <laughs> it's the same pair of shoes. <laughs> they got like flies buzzing around them and stuff. Like, oh, man. That's nasty. Maybe, maybe the only happy straightforward Did she marry couple. Chunk or not Chunk mouth. Uh, mouth. The the only straightforward, actually adjusted adults are Mouth and Steph. Actually, are married happily married with like two kids, and and he's running for mayor of Astoria. He's the only one left who stayed in Astoria. So there you go. I like that. Yeah, he gave up his UN job and his coin collection to. Uh, be run for mayor of Astoria. Coming back home. And they find more pirate treasure buried as uh, one of their... They're finally going to tear down the goondocks. They're like, okay, we saved this, but it it needed to go. It's a rat <laughs> trap now. It's it's a pirate, pirate treasure, or are they going after gold? Prospecting gold this time. Well, the the... They're tearing it down, but there's an archaeological hold on the place because, wait a minute, didn't you guys find, like, 16th century pirate treasure in this place? Well, we need to do some digging, and they find something else. I mean, pirate ships were running around this place back then. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it could go anyway. And Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China shows up, and it gets really bizarre. <laughs> And then they find a skeleton of uh, Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp's character. <laughs> they find his skeleton, and it just becomes. My gosh! Closer. Even the eye sockets have eyeliner. What the? What is going on with this guy? <laughs> we find out One-Eyed Willie was actually Captain Jack Sparrow. Whoa! And Hollywood eats itself. <laughs> Wait. The film is made by Disney. <sighs> What the? <laughs> this is, yeah, well, Goonies is Warner Brothers, so they can, just like everything else, eventually the Goonies become part of the Justice League because <laughs> you know, they got to try to find a way to work it all in. They're catching up. Alternate version to Guardians of the Galaxy. They're the Goonies. They have to get back together for one last save of the goondocks, but not to keep these buildings, these crappy, dilapidated buildings up, but to save what's underneath the goondocks. I'm telling you, prospectors. There was more to One-Eyed Willie's little treasure trove than what they found because the cave collapsed. So there's well, and remember, there. a couple of the guys had to get out because that's how the map got out. Maybe other people had gotten in there before and survived. Ooh, we do it. And taken stuff out. Goonies 2, the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can find out more about the Fratellis. Oh, the Fratellis. <laughs> Two-thirds of them are no longer with us, so Joey Pants will just have to show up and carry on the torch. We f what, Goonies 2, the prequel. All we have to find out is really, what was the deal with that race on the beach at the very beginning? I mean, what, <laughs> the point of that. Was there really a point to showing us that? Look, it's an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
How about that? That's a what did, what did Chuck vehicle. call it? ORV. ORV. Off-road vehicle. That's right. With bullet holes because they're speed holes. They're speed holes. Speed holes. <laughs> you could you could go a million different ways. You could. Uh, I don't know. I have <laughs> been possessed by the ghost of One-Eyed Willie and is out to kill them all. It becomes it paranormal was cursed, activity. It was cursed treasure. They've got to get it all back. We just combine every oh, possible yeah, so, genre. So we were able to build this orphanage, but uh, I got to get back all that money <laughs> so I can get back the uh, stuff from my marble bag. So you guys are going to have to close down. They got to undo all the good stuff that happened. We just combine every genre we can. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a vortex underneath the boondocks. <laughs> there's a hell mouth. <laughs> there's a hell mouth. <laughs> And it brings them all back together to try and stop all the vampires coming out underneath Astoria. And the ghost of Jack Sparrow is going to take over, but they have a seance, and suddenly Batman shows up to save them. And they all do the bat dance? They all do the bat to see. <laughs> bat to see? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Goonies, too. I. I think we're we're floundering a bit, so I would say, do we need Goonies 2? Is this one of those movies that should just be left as a time capsule of, of when and what it was? I think this is an either-or. Part of me would like to see them try. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can escape that kind of prison that we were talking about of well you're either it's a passing of the torch movie or you're making them all old and getting back together for one new adventure and you got to have a solid reason for them doing that i think if you can come up with a realistic and compelling reason for that then you'd probably be fine but again the only other alternative that i see would be using some of these other mediums now available for storytelling and yeah just having an adventure with them maybe a little bit older than they were in that movie just cgi them up you've got them doing the voice work for it and you can kind of go where you want to go the government hires them to be a super team to track down other lost relics before nicholas cage can get his hands on them <laughs> i was wondering how long before we were going to get to a national treasure reference <laughs> And then we digitally insert Mikey in the background of National Treasure as he's like a pasted-up mummy stuck inside the tomb that Nicolas Cage opens up. We do a Scooby-Doo crossover with them. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta steal the Declaration of Independence. And we gotta save the goondocks! (laughs) Like Zoinks Pirates! And then we totally Wayne's rolled it and bring in Scooby Doo at the end. Just 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 to fuck with everybody. <laughs> okay, we were going along with Goonies too for the first ninety percent of it, and then the last ten percent just went into Just uh, turned into Bug Nuts Crazy Town. <laughs> it just turned into Wayne's World. Okay, let's just go ahead and come up with some other ending for some reason. I don't know. Are there any of the Goonies who we think should just be left out of it? I mean, do we really need Andy and Steph or Bran even back? See, I think you need to either go all in or just not bother. 
that comes back to my original do we need it question. Mm-hmm. I think if you can't get everybody on board in some way, shape, or form, even for a bit cameo to explain them off, then it's not worth it. And you don't need to go to... I mean, all the main Goonies are still alive. They're all still kicking. So you don't have to worry about, you know, Mama Fratelli and Robert Davi are dead. And, you know, we we just don't have to worry about that. So Is the guy who played Sloth still with us? No, he died uh, died. a long time ago, too, of, like, steroid use. John Ah. Matuzic. So... I think the the simplest thing is just either you get everybody or you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it, Stotch. Don't. All right. So Mikey that's in. that's our first one firm point on the sequel. Get everybody. Yeah, or and, and that main group has to come back together. And you could even draw out just a not even a minor subplot, but just a minor thing running through whatever the plot of the movie is is and I'm trying to think of an example but I'm blanking right now of the whole group coming together finally in the same room at the end so they're all apart and then the one oh the avengers there you go mm. you have the one big moment in the avengers is at the end where you have them circling around and here they are they're all together so we you do that with goonies too you don't have everybody all in one place and it's not until I don't, you I don't get think to a it's realistic. Ship. Yeah, I don't think it's realistic given the amount of time that's passed and where these people would be at in their lives that they would all be still hanging out in Astoria. Yeah, so you almost do an Avengers kind of thing where you have 20 minutes to go in the movie and you have all of a sudden now the original Goonies are back in the same room together for the first time. And that could be a really cool thing if depending on how it's built up to. You're working, you're working, you're working, you're doing different storylines, different angles, and then suddenly, almost by accident, whatever angle you're working on, whether it's One-Eyed Willie or another pirate treasure or something else, a Viking treasure, they're looking for Eric the Red, then suddenly there's the big swell of the original Goonies music, and they're all together again. And they could, they could even be stuck in the the wishing well at that park. That's where they all meet up again. Is in the wishing well. And they're like, uh, well, don't go in that little cave over there. Why not? Because I pissed in there about thirty years ago, and it's probably pretty <laughs> rank. <laughs> and, and you just you you do the build up to when they all get together again. And once they do, hey, that, now we're back. It's Goonies, and they can have one last hurrah for the last. 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and you do a good 90-minute Goonies 2 and then have them go off into the sunset a la Last Crusade and never to be seen again. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to do this, you do a kind of one-shot thing. I don't think you should set this up to go in per, in perpetuity type of thing. Just have one last adventure. Yeah, and that's it. And they can, they can even have a little poker game at the end, like the end of Ocean's Twelve, where they're all just in there and having fun and a party. You're like, okay, these guys are going to remain friends, but we don't have to send them off on a pirate ship adventure anymore. <laughs> Twice in one life is probably enough. It ends with them all playing poker on a pirate ship. What? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're having, a, they're having a Christmas party at at Mouth and Steps. There you go. Yeah, I I just I 
I can't get on board personally with the whole. Now, I understand the, especially from the Hollywood perspective, the desire to want to do something like passing the torch to the kids type of thing. I, that's just not the movie I want to see personally. And they're just there's no franchise here. No, there's <laughs> not. It, it, it's simply, hey, let's let's get this group together for one last adventure because you guys enjoyed the one that they had when they were younger and yeah, just have some fun with the nostalgia of seeing all these people you know, together again and things like that and don't clutter it up with a bunch of side characters and people who take away from that experience. It's it's the reunion show of a TV of an old TV show you loved. Yeah, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. But the difference being is that they had one long episode, so we'd really like to see, versus don't do a Dukes of Hazard movie or a Growing Pains reunion movie because, okay, well, we saw them for like eight or nine years, and you don't have to stretch out into a two-hour awfulness of something. <laughs> you do like Return to Mayberry, where the original cast of Andy Griffith's show sat around for 20 minutes talking and were on the original set. That's good. Remind us. Good. Move on and talk about the highlights, but... You have a good Goonie adventure. Uh, some of the kids can be involved, modern kids or whatever. But when it comes down to it and they're chasing against these gold prospectors or whoever the new Fratellis are that they're they're up against as they're trying to save whatever they're trying to save or find whatever they're going to try and find, and then there's some sort of callback moment where they have their Avengers moment where we hear the music kick in and all of the goonies are on a are back together again and go to the final adventure and and be done mm-hmm. i think that's a good approach for it yeah. and honestly without getting into too many other specifics i think that's probably about as far as we can take it and, and it ends with chunk in in sweet memory ripping open his shirt to a superman shirt as he <laughs> pulls it open and says for sloth <laughs> He's the rallying cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the they're, sa- all, they're all eating baby Ruths at the. End. And then the same skeptical-looking reporter can come up to him at the end and go, "Pirate ship." <laughs> Walkers himself over there. And the same old sheriff is still there. Still making up stories, aren't you, Lawrence? (laughs) You know, these stories were funnier when he was making those 80 references in the 80s. But uh... (laughs) You're just crazy, aren't you, Lawrence? No, sheriff, I'm telling you. I mean, you saw the pirate ship for crying out loud. How am I not? Why would I make it up now? (laughs) Gonna moonwalk out of here. I got some slick shoes you can borrow. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna moonwalk out of here i have some slick shoes for sloth (laughs) goonies never say die uh oh 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 my (laughs) that's i think that's about as far as we can go with goonies too I wonder what exactly would attract somebody like Richard Donner, especially at this stage in his life and career and everything, to going back and even doing a sequel. It seems kind of odd that he would even bring that up. 
Well, it's not that odd. I mean, there was not nearly the great amount of time, but you got to remember that there was a nice gap between Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. And, I mean, it was only about five or six years, but still, in that time period, the movies just changed so drastically, and it was almost like, well, the family's coming back together for one last hurrah. And Lethal Weapon 4 was really seen as a let's bring the family back together more than it was let's have a decent story to tell. Oh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. But, I mean, this is a movie that, you know, next year will be 30 years old. Yeah, and I, I think it would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, hell, this is a man in 2006 spent a good majority of his time sitting in an editing room putting together the Donner cut of Superman 2. <laughs> that was 30 years prior to that. So he's not beyond looking back at what he did and, and redoing it. And like I said, he, he true. Was, he's the one who floated this. So he's I guess there is a precedent. That's right. Yeah. He is responsible for this episode. Damn you, Dick Donner, <laughs> for making us talk for 40 minutes about a movie that probably shouldn't really happen, but we'd still be interested. But we'd to still see like it. to see it anyways. <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll stick with my Avengers like big old da, 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 da. the big pirate music comes in as the Goonies are all together again at the end. And how many cameos will Cindy Lauper be making in this film? <laughs> I'm sure she could use the work. Let's bring Cindy Lauper back to score this movie. <laughs> that that would be special. All right, well, are we Goonies out? I I think I'm ready to slide down the water slide. Yes, I think uh, I'm ready for Troy to yell at us for being goonies <laughs> well you can ride his bucket back to the surface <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an, uh, I will say no to that sir but uh, I think that's a, that's a wrap don't forget to like us on Facebook episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah!